Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again as we uh, continue a devotional series that we began on yesterday, and I simply call it From uh, Unbelief to Belief, some, uh, some ideas uh, from the scriptures uh, that uh, I hope that you will find encouraging for your own walk, uh, but also that which you can utilize uh, in the days ahead. Uh, for assisting you and maybe bringing a young person, a child uh, 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 to the faith, or even uh, bringing a, a more mature teenager adult who maybe has some uh, uh, deeply entrenched uh, opposition to the truth of the uh, Word of God, uh, that you may find these uh, useful and helpful uh, in uh, uh, doing uh, the work of evangelism. Uh, as I've mentioned, uh, this is part devotion, uh, part uh, evangelistic, uh, a part apologetic, that, that I want to weave these threads uh, together because I, I think uh, in uh, growing our own faith, that, that uh, uh, thinking about evangelism and how to do it, uh, and even the great truth that underlie evangelism, namely the gospel, is always good for us. Uh, that we always need to think about uh, the, the ironclad confidence that we can have in the gospel, that uh, these things that we call apologetics uh, really do uh, demonstrate the reliability of, of the gospel. And all of these things are, are good for our heart and soul in a, in a devotional type way. So today we're going to look at the book of Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, we're going to look at six verses uh, uh, from... Uh, Excuse me, not Hebrews 6, Hebrews chapter 11. I misspoke. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. I apologize for that little bit of uh, misdirection. Uh, but Hebrews chapter 11, sometimes we call this section the great uh, honor roll, roll call, hall of fame of uh, faith. But it says something to us in, uh, the, about the nature of faith. And I want to say this in the context of uh, speaking to you about the proofs for God. Now, yesterday I said that basically the Bible assumes God, and maybe that's a, a very good way for us to, to work when we're speaking to those that are uh, not yet believing, is that uh, simply the God is, and it's really up to you uh, to disprove uh, that true statement. And so we'll simply affirm uh, that God is, and God is the God that reveals himself in the Bible. God is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he is the, indeed the author of our salvation. But there are things that I think are important for us to say uh, that may uh, provide some kind of sideboard, some type of guidelines that may move people uh, toward uh, 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 an understanding uh, for, that uh, the Holy Spirit may weave uh, into, um, into faith. And uh, I am deeply convinced, I'm more convinced uh, with the passing of time, that ultimately faith is a gift of God, that it is a grace gift, that it is ultimately uh, the work of, of God's Holy Spirit that, that certainly brings what we call saving faith. Uh, that it is the, the working of regeneration of the new birth that opens our eyes, opens our minds, opens our hearts so that we are willing to believe uh, in a saving way. Uh, but even in some sense, the Holy Spirit is operative 
in uh, uh, causing us to, to even uh, receive and accept uh, what we might call an, an initial or superficial acceptance of the objective truth of the things that the Bible claims uh, about God. So let's read here verse uh, 1, Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. But by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, and God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he uh, should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, therefore, uh, now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he, is, that he exists, and he rewards those who seek him. Probably a couple of things that I would say, and it flows from both the first statement and the last statement of uh, the text that that faith is our confidence that that which we really haven't seen or touched and may not can put in a, a test tube and uh, prove uh, but but yet we believe that these assertions made by God in the Bible are true and he is the true one and that if we would be right with God uh, the the sole thing that we uh, have uh, by which we may please him is to trust him, to believe, that, to, to have faith. And so this type of faith through which we are saved is, is a gift. Now, I think that faith at some level is, is logical, uh, that, uh, that we believe the testimony of God, uh, a testimony that is the most reasonable explanation for the way things are. Uh, that that the uh, that the Bible tells us about a God who created. Well, how else could you explain the existence of all things? Uh, well, uh, that that they came into uh, uh, existence uh, through spontaneous generation out of nothing, and everything is this great colossal and cosmic accident. To my mind, to my to my way of hearing, that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, there's just no way that something, that everything, comes out of nothing. Uh, and so uh, we, we would reject that and in, in its own negative way that is a proof for God. So let me give you four things that may prompt or probe or push an individual toward faith. And uh, the first is, is just simply the nature of reality. We do not think we're a figment of our own imaginations. We think we are real. We believe we are real. We know we are real. We know the world is real. We know the cosmos is real and that matter is real. This really is a table. This really is a book. This really is paper. It really uh, exists. Uh, it, it has uh, you know, weight. It takes up space. All of these things. And, and so um, the presence of matter, the, the, the reality of creation, demands a creator, that, that again, uh, nothing really looks like from a scientific standpoint that it's self-created, self-perpetuating, uh, self-existence even. 
And so the, one of the kind of cliches uh, is, uh, that explains or defines this is expressed, the presence of a, of a watch, and I'm wearing one here, very nice and sophisticated watch actually. It actually talks back to me sometimes. The presence of a watch demands that there be a watch maker. Uh, I think there's uh, various uh, elements of metal and plastic and maybe some other types of materials in, in this. And nobody would suggest that you can take uh, uh, some plastic and metal, and of course that even begs the question, well, where did the plastic and the metal come from? But okay, we're going to put uh, plastic and metal uh, in a Piggly Wiggly sack and we're going to start shaking. Well, how long would you have to shake that Piggly Wiggly sack before that plastic and that metal, uh, which again, you haven't even explained how you got the Piggly Wiggly sack or the plastic or the metal, but that's another question for another day. But how, how many shakes would you have to shake to shake out a watch? No there was an intelligent designer behind the watch. And so that, that's one argument. The, the, the argument from reality and the, the, the presence of creation demands creator. And then, and then there's a question of purpose or, or meaning. Uh, I, I often, and you know, I think it's just so appropriate and so uh, uh, illustrative of, of a godless worldview uh, the old uh, 70s rock group Kansas sang a song called Dust in the Wind. Uh, all we are is dust in the wind. And, and apart from Christ, apart from a biblical explanation in life, there really is no purpose. You just live and you die and you return to dust and then, you know you kind of blow away uh, like the chaff of, of, a, of a field. Uh, that uh, kind of in a, in a similar vein expressed uh, 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 in a, a song by Jackson Brown, The Pretender, I'm the Happy Idiot struggling for the legal tender that you know you just you just kind of grind it out and you're just an idiot uh, to keep uh, pushing the envelope every day uh, but in the end nothing has any real virtue no no meaning that there there's uh, nothing good to be gained nothing good to be accomplished uh, there's really no reason uh, to uh, uh, to do anything or, or to not do anything and so we desire that there's some purpose greater than than just existing. And so again, that, that pushes us back to the purpose uh, that is stated by God to, to know Him and make Him known. And, and, and this knowledge of, of purpose is, is kind of innate. It's intrinsic to us. We desire something greater than or someone greater than. Uh, a third argument would be the, the argument uh, from uh, morality. Now here's the thing. I don't think there's any human being that thinks there's no such thing as right and wrong. Now, we may disagree about what's right and wrong, as one person used to suggest. Uh, in uh, one culture, it is commanded to love your neighbor. In another culture, uh, it is acceptable to eat your neighbor. And, uh, you know, but both of them think one is a virtue and one is not a virtue. And, and so, uh, you know, you watch your children, and one of the first things they learn to say after no, is that's not fair. That whatever you have determined, whatever decision you've made, there's something wrong with that decision. It can't be right because it doesn't favor me. And so innate within us, we may have a distorted or perverted right or wrong, but we have a sense that there's something right and there's something wrong. Well, uh, again, that drives us to the law of God, to the absolute 
objective truth about that which is true and that which is right. And God defines that which is right, that which is virtuous, that which is good. And so we know that. We know that there is a reality uh, to that which is right uh, or wrong. And even for the most part, most cultures have historically agreed that there's a, uh, a lot of things that are universally good and some things that are universally bad. Uh, most cultures will say it's, it's not good to kill somebody. Most cultures would say it's not good to steal from them. In fact, it's a good thing to respect property. And it's a good thing to tell the truth. It's a bad thing to lie. Well, you see, that's all reflective of God's Ten Commandments and, and, and even beyond that. And so all of these things, the, the, the reality of right and wrong, suggest that there is someone who has defined right and wrong for us. And then finally, uh, kind of touching on, back on this issue of purpose, uh, uh, the ultimate. We, we, we desire someone greater than, some, some greater meaning uh, to, to life. And so the question of that which is ultimate, uh, I think even uh, something ultimate beyond this life, we, we, we really don't want uh, that, to think of the fact that when someone uh, plants me in the ground, that's it. That, it's just over. I pass from the scene and it's said and done and you move on. And life and history and the world moves on. So proofs for God. There, there really are uh, good proofs uh, that uh, really probably the proofs themselves won't create saving faith but may drive you to the Word of, of God, uh, which says of itself that faith comes by hearing this Word of God, uh, that it is the imperishable seed of the new birth. And so speaking to someone about the truth about creation, about matter, the truth about purpose, uh, the truth about morality, the proof about that which is ultimate uh, is a good place uh, to, to speak, uh, to, to goad them toward uh, the Word of God and the God of the Word. Pray this is a blessing to your day, and I'll look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.